Hello and welcome back to the Hoops Crush Podcast. Today is episode two and today we're going to go around the league and rank our top 10 young cores in the NBA currently as of right now because as we all know the Blazers went in a bit of a rebuild mode so we're curious to see where we have the Blazers ranked as far as a top 10 young core is concerned. But before we go any further, Eric, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. How about yourself? I'm doing pretty good as well. I'm excited to see where you have these Blazers ranked, and I'm curious to see if you agree with where I have them. So should be a ton of fun to kind of see where we have these listed. And this one was hard for me, man. It was really hard because I feel like I left off some teams that deserve to be in the top 10, but I don't know. It was tough. Yeah, for the record, I if you tell me I'm stupid and should have had a team higher, I might actually agree with you. Because yeah, I feel like as- that. I felt the same way, kind of. <laughs> As we're about to hit record, I'm I'm telling Brady here that I'm still like changing my list as we're talking. I'm re- I'm rethinking my list. And Absolutely. All that, so. so the ground rules we set today. So original or originally, I thought we were gonna do like 25 and younger, but to make it even a little bit more condensed, we did 24 and younger. So guys like Shay, Jer Allen that I can think of, guys that are like literally 25 do not make the list. So that definitely hurt some of these young cores just a little bit, uh, especially for your Blazers that had eight and Robert Williams. I wrote them down at first and I'm like, oh, we're not doing 25. So uh, that hurts just a little bit for some teams, which is why uh, this list became even tougher for me. So, uh, but it was a ton of fun and I'm curious to see if people agree or disagree with us. So uh, feel free to leave any feedback y'all have in the comments, of course, uh, where we have the Blazers, whatever team that you want to argue with. <laughs> it's totally fine with me. And also put, uh, you know, your top ten or top three or whatever. Yeah, for sure. In, in the comments below, we'd love to read all of yours. Do you want to start with some honorable mentions? Because I have some teams that I sure. left off that I felt really, really bad about. First, let's just okay. So we, we you said the rule. Uh-huh. If they've turned twenty five, they're no longer eligible for our list. We just we wanted to cut it off at a certain point, um, but. I'm curious as to your process. Did you have like a system to, I did. to do this? So what was your system? We didn't talk about that. We let each other do our own thing. So Yeah. So this was my system. And I didn't know how to you know break it down at first. But my system was the upside of, you know, obviously my opinion probably doesn't hold as much value as to someone like you who actually watched these guys oh. in college. And No, it's just simply because I didn't watch them in college at all. Like I literally watched them when they come into the NBA. Yeah. So it's like... I. Maybe I don't have a, a feel for some of these guys like maybe you do. So my thought process was like, do I like do I see these guys maybe being like an all star one day? Are they a starter or they just a role player? That's kind of like what my thought process was, and that's just like how I kind of went about it. Like if I felt like a team had three guys that I could see being an all star, I kind of ranked them a little bit above. Uh, but it also depends on situation at the end of the day as well. So like a team like the Rockets right now, they're probably in here for you. They are for me. It's kind of weird because they obviously sign like Fred Van Vliet and uh, Dylan Brooks. Yeah. So who knows what minutes it takes away. Then we obviously have like Brogdon now and stuff. So, uh, But I didn't take that uh, part into account too much. But yeah, that was my thought process. Yeah, I kind of set it up like college football recruiting. So like I... I listed all the young players on a team and then I assigned them either zero to five stars. So obviously like the five star blue chips, like, uh, you know, LeBron James would be a five star <laughs> if he was young enough, you know? And then, so then I kind of figured out, um, like I, I definitely feel like to have a top 10 young core, you have to have at least a fringe five star player. Um, that's going to possibly be, you know, a, t- a player that could lead your team. Um, 
or be like a number one on a on a good team. Um, so that's kind of how I went about it and just kind of ranked. And then some of them, some teams had like a lot of two and three star players and not a, a four or five star. So like I didn't rank them as high, um, put quality over quantity. And then some player, some teams had like one superstar and not much else. And so it was hard to like rank them high too, because they, they don't really have anything, a core outside of like one player. So yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was really difficult to some of these to differentiate between um, what, what would be considered better. Yeah, for sure. So my honorable mention, my first one, well, I, maybe I could just, do you want me to say all four that I leave off? Yeah, or go do ahead. You to, okay. So I, the, the top two, I feel absolutely terrible about, uh, especially one of them. So I, I the Cavaliers were one for me because uh, of Evan Mobley and Garland, uh, but obviously I didn't feel like that was enough in a Coro if you want to throw him in there as well. So I left them off. Pelicans I left off as well. Zion is still there, but and they have like Dyson Daniels and Jordan Hawkins, and I felt really bad about leaving the Pelicans off as well. Um, and then these other two, I left the Jazz off, and I also left the Hornets off off the list so with all but the Cavs I agree with you um so Pelicans if Zion was consistently healthy absolutely I I think there would be no question they'd be in the top 10 um but you just can't rely on him so I can't really put him over uh teams with even I, I mean Zion's probably the best or one of the best players on this list if if he's not having these injury problems so it's hard to like knock him like you said but yeah unfortunately you you can't count on him so you got to move him down a little bit yeah i also love trey murphy a lot um so that was hard for me as well but yeah zion i think the biggest thing was zion just it really hurt me for that one really hurt me uh the jazz i for the jazz i didn't know if they had enough upside like some of the guys they have i don't know if any of them and again I don't have like a ton of experience watching these guys, so I could be totally off base with this, but uh, with this one. But I don't know enough about like Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George, what their ceiling is in the NBA. So I didn't mm-hmm. wasn't ready to put them on the list uh, for me personally. Yeah, yeah, they're a they're a team for me. The reason why I didn't is because yeah, I don't feel like they have a true number one yet. Yeah. They still have a ton of draft picks and and stuff uh, to where they could get there. And Walker Kessler's year last year definitely. Um, bump them up to like possibly being mentioned here and then that I feel like they had a really good draft but Taylor Hendricks and Keontae George I don't know if they're going to be like star players they're they're like high-end role players slash low-end mm-hmm. um, stars if they did become stars so I, I I completely agree with you there didn't quite see the top end ceiling to include them over some of these other teams and then uh, the Hornets, love LaMelo. Brandon Miller remains to be seen, but he projects hopefully to be pretty good. Mark Williams, I like. Nick Smith Jr. Um, mm-hmm. There is definitely some weird things going on with some of their other young guys like Kai Jones and James Booknight, <laughs> but yeah. I left them off. It was them or my 10th spot. Uh, they were really close to making my list. That would have been like my first snub was the Hornets. Yeah, they would have been like 12th on my list, I think, or maybe 13th, like right around there. So, yeah, not too far off. LaMelo definitely um, – was one of those guys who was, you know, a fringe five star in my rankings. And, and so it was tough to leave um, someone like him off the list. But he's also uh, battled some injuries the last couple of years when he's healthy. This te- that team has been 
you know, a, a close to playoff team and he's elevated them. Uh, but when he's not available, uh, that team has not been good. Yeah, absolutely. And so he's got to kind of prove that he can stay on the court this year, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, I hope he does. I actually drafted him with my first round pick in fantasy. So, I mean, it's just a free oh, okay. league, but, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm cheering for him this year. I'll be ready for number 10 on this list. Yeah, let's go. All right, my number ten. I said it was between them or this or the Hornets or this team. My ten is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, okay. For me, it's Anthony Edwards, man. I'm a huge Anthony Edwards guy. I think the guy has all the ceiling in the world. Uh, the team around him. I mean, who knows what they'll end up turning into after the Gobert trade? Obviously, things didn't look great last year. But Edwards, uh, bright future, uh, it, it, whether it's in Minnesota or somewhere else, because, you know, maybe Anthony Edwards is too bright for Minnesota now, according to some articles written out there this offseason. And then Leonard Miller, Nas Reed, Jane McDaniels, and then, you know, names from a few other guys like Jalen Clark, Josh Minot, Wendell Moore. But uh, Anthony Edwards did it for me uh, as far as putting them in the top 10. Yeah, they're actually number eight on my list. So, okay. a little spoiler there. Uh, I yeah, Anthony Edwards jumps bumps it up. Um, Jane McDaniel's is on pace to be one of the higher end role players in the league, um, one of the best defenders in the league. So you pair those two together, and I I just think Anthony Edwards is his potential to be a star is just so great that it's hard to to leave him off the list. So yeah, I I put him a little higher than you, but I I definitely don't think like 10 8 to 10 ranges is off base there awesome who's your number 10 my number 10 is the dallas mavericks okay and uh this one was really tough for me um it came down uh so my honorable mention that i do not have on my list is the houston rockets wow Um, that's crazy (laughs) and i know i know um, I'm probably going to get some heat from that, but I feel like all the teams on my list have a player that's better than any of the young players on the Rockets. And so they have definitely the quantity of really solid players. Um, but I just, it was like, do you value that over someone like Luca, who can absolutely show that he can carry a team as already been to the conference finals as an under 25 year old player um and then they add a couple of first round picks this year and Derek lively and omax prosper um and uh they still have a couple of young guys like josh green as well mm-hmm. and, and so yeah it was it was tough but i just think luca being a perennial mvp candidate already i just think you have to bump them up a little bit um, I can understand if people are more excited or think that other teams have more potential, but I I think Luca carries carries them to tenth on my rankings. Yeah, uh, Mavericks actually like literally kind of reverse of what uh, you know Timberwolves were for you. They're my eight as well. Um, oh, okay. So Grant Williams, uh, Jaden Hardy also fall into oh, yeah, that. Right. So yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why they had to make the list for me. They just got Grant Williams this off season. Uh, but yeah, they're they're my number eight. So. Uh, just all the reasons you said, Luka Doncic, of course, absolutely amazing. So no surprise there. They had to make the list. If Luka was 25, I don't know if I would have put them on here, but he was yeah. still 24. So, <laughs> yep. uh, My number nine is the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, 
So uh, John Morant, Jaron Jackson Jr. And then honestly, they have kind of a plethora of young guys, but like obviously a lot of them don't play minutes necessarily. So John Morant, Jaron Jackson, just got Gigi Jackson, Santi Aldama, who does play minutes. Tillman plays minutes, but like Jake LaRavia, Kenneth Lofton, David Roddy, and then Zaire Williams, who hasn't been all that impressive so far, but they definitely have a plethora of a uh, young core. But the main reason for me is obviously John Morant, Jaron Jackson still falling into that 24-year-old spot. Desmond Bain... A 25 almost kind of made it in there, obviously, as well. But with him being 25, that took him out. But, yeah, I think John Morant, Jaron Jackson, I feel like I had to put him on the list, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I have I have Memphis at 7. Okay. Um, yeah, so not too much off. I, I honestly had them at one point and two on my list. <laughs> um, and that's just because... Jaw and Jaron Jackson, you already have two like all-star players, um, two blue chip prospects. But like you said, like no one else really. They've been young for a couple years now, mm-hmm. but they haven't found like another guy since they got those two. Um, and so yeah, it's it's tough because those two guys are probably about as good of a tandem as anyone on the list. You can maybe argue, you know, Garland and Mobley. Um, but like, yeah, outside of, outside of those two, it's just, it's hard to put them too much higher, but I did think that, um, maybe it's just a little bit of, uh, hindsight knowing what happened with John, maybe, uh, you know, he gets knocked down a little bit because of the off court issues from last season and now being suspended for part of this season. But, I mean, he should come back. It's not like he got hurt or something. Mm-hmm. And, like, so – and then you saw Jaron Jackson was, like, an Olympian this summer um, and is was Defensive Player of the Year last year. So not only do you have um, someone who should be back into being the MVP – in the MVP discussion and John Morant after – this season because of a suspension he won't be considered but um in the following years and then you have a defensive player of the year candidate as well i just i i think you definitely have to include them i just i don't know if that's much of a core of two guys yeah um yeah definitely those two highlighted they got a few young guys after that but none of them like too appealing for the most part um, but uh, I think that reveals our 10, 9, and 8 then right and then your 7 was also the Grizzlies or did is there one uh, team that we didn't reveal for you I have not done my nine yet. Oh, yeah. Go ahead for your nine. So my nine, uh, man. So I have the San Antonio Spurs. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, And I, I'm definitely like, because you see Wemby play preseason last night, and it's like he should be carrying him. But it's just hard to, it's hard to like, think about one guy you know yeah I, <laughs> that I hasn't that. played yet it, it's just tough um i'm assuming they're gonna be much higher for you on your yeah list. there's two teams you said already that were way higher in my list yeah. <laughs> um yeah so uh i mean i really like devin vassell as well um and they have uh, a bunch of other guys like jeremy sohan um Keldon johnson still under 25 um i like dominic barlow city sissoko um trey jones i like uh so a lot of guys i really like on that team they have a ton of young guys um hardly any vets on that roster yep and and uh 
Wemby's going to make this look stupid <laughs> in, in a very short amount of time, whether that's a year or two down the road. I just think they're not quite ready to be good yet, and that's going to kind of make it seem like they're not as good of a core when they really are. And they just signed uh, Vassell to a big extension. Um, and, and I I think he's... He was, he was having the breakout season last year, and he had some injury problems as well. But um, I think that guy is going to solidify himself as a starter in this league and a really good player. And uh, I just I don't know if they have enough outside of Wemby. And, uh, I mean, they have a lot of players um, and several that can break out still. I just don't know if they have that much around the core yet. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so your seven was the Grizzlies, so I, right? So I can reveal yes. my seven. My seven was the Indiana Pacers. So uh, obviously Tyrese Halliburton, Benedict Matherin. I actually absolutely love what the Pacers decided to do. Obviously, they were one of the, like the most mid teams possible with Sabonis, Miles Turner. They were just always solid and never really went to anywhere. And then since then, they've got Halliburton, Matherin, Jarris Walker. Obviously, we'll see what he does in the NBA. And obviously, they have like Jer- uh, Andrew Nimbard, Isaiah Jackson, Neesmith, Shepard, and then also Jalen Smith. But uh, I really love that backcourt of Halliburton and Matherin going forward, or if they're playing Matherin at the three or whatever. But uh, those two alone. I feel like I had to put them, and I, I'm a big Halliburton fan, so uh, yeah, I think I had to put them up here for me at seven. Yeah, I won't reveal where I have the Pacers quite yet, much like you with the Spurs, but um, yeah, Halliburton is awesome, and uh, I'll talk more about that, I guess, when I get to mine. <laughs> All right, sounds good. Uh, do you want to do your six, or do you want me to? Uh, go ahead. My number six was the Portland Trailblazers. Okay. So I have the Blazers at number six. I think I would have had them a ton higher if we were able to keep Aiden and Robert Williams on this list, but both the big 25 kind of graduated out of it. Out of it. Uh, but when you look at the Blazers roster, obviously the top three guys, Scoot, Sharp, Simons, those three alone, uh, as I said, I could see all three of them one day being all-stars potentially. Remains to be seen, obviously, but... Uh, I think I had to have all three of them be like really good upside players for me. And outside of that, of course, you have like Chris Murray, Tamani Kamara, and Jabari Walker. Uh, but I just like some of the other teams' depth as far as their young core is concerned, which is why I had the Blazers at number six. Um, so yeah, that was where I had them. Yeah, it's like three players versus uh, two, or some in cases four or five uh, really good young players. It's- yeah definitely tough to to figure out which one you like better um so are you feeling like you have them too low on this list is that the blazers yeah no honestly actually you want to put them higher i i did because we're a blazers podcast but like after looking at it i felt pretty good about where i have them again i think if we were able to put robert williams aiden in here that would have changed it for me a little bit but Mm. i mean outside of you know the top three scoot sharp simons it remains to be seen what Chris Murray, Walker, and Kamara are. And uh, obviously, if you, if you ask anybody else around the league, they're probably not too excited to hearing those names because they haven't done anything just yet. Uh, yeah. But we'll see what they do. Uh, I'm not counting them out all, but at all, but uh, that's why I had to put them at six. All right. Uh, my number six is the Cleveland Cavaliers. Oh, um, wow. You did have them on here. Okay. Yeah. You mentioned them earlier. I... I really like Garland a lot, and I'm a huge Evan Mobley fan. I would have taken him number one in that draft. 
Um, so I just think, they, like you said, they don't have much else. Um, so it's similar to um, like Memphis that we talked about with Jaw and um, and Jaron Jackson. Uh, you know, an offensive-minded guard with a defensive-minded forward. I actually like Mobley a little bit better defensively than Jaron Jackson. Uh, just hasn't uh, got the same level of uh, respect yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just think those two, I mean, they're already really good. And uh, they kind of carried them in my rankings to number seven. But now thinking about it, like, I probably should have had the Spurs higher. <laughs> but, um but yeah, I, I really think that uh, Mobley and Garland are going to lead that team for years to come. Yeah, I absolutely agree with the Cavaliers. That's why I kind of had them on here. Um, it just I feel like they didn't have enough young players that, you know, they have like Amani Bates and Okoro, of course, outside of those two. Uh, then there's some other guys, but uh, I thought those two alone couldn't do it for me. But yeah, they're absolutely amazing for sure. Mm. So I don't hate that at all. Uh, my number five for my top five list Starts with the Orlando Magic. Um, absolutely love with it. The, they're very deep. Now, the problem with the Magic is some of these guys may never truly get an opportunity. Like, I don't know if Cole Anthony is ever going to do anything in Orlando. Is Jalen Suggs ever going to do anything in Orlando? They kind of a logjam at the guard. They just had Anthony Black to that equation. Markel Fultz is still there. So, like, on paper, they have a really good young core of young players. I don't know if they all stay there. But, of course, Paulo Franz Wagner, two guys I'm expecting to be, like, cornerstones of that franchise. And their ceilings are very high, in my opinion. Anthony Black, we'll see what he is when he gets in the league. And then you have Jet Howard, Gogo Badatste as a name as well, who's still young, Caleb Houston. But I'm not really sure if those two guys projected me anything crazy. But Paulo, Franz Wagner, and then all the other young guys like Wendell Carter as well, uh, put, you know, elevated them to the top five for me. All right. Well, I'll wait to say where they are on my list as well. Um,. Number five for me was the Oklahoma City Thunder. Okay. Um, They would have been number one if SGA qualified for this, um, I think. But um, just got to see what Chet does first. Um, But then you also have um, the runner-up for Rookie of the Year, Jalen Williams. um, And a lot of other, they, they pick Case on Wallace in the draft, who I think will fit in really well with that team. Uh, so they got a lot of good young players, um, and I'm assuming you have them higher, so we can wait to talk more yeah, <laughs> about I do. that in depth later. Um, but yeah, I just I think Chet's going to be an amazing player, but much like Wemby, um, like I I don't know, like I, it's I, I couldn't necessarily put him until I see it in, in actual games higher than some of these other other cores, but. Chet's another guy who could make this look really silly. <laughs> yeah, I don't have the. I don't actually don't have them much higher. I have them at four, so it was oh, okay. like light around where you had them. So absolutely everything you said. Uh, if Shea was on here, it would have been a different ball game. I still I wrote him down at first, and then when the rules changed, I was like okay, that eliminates him. But Ujman Dang, Josh Giddy, Lou Dort, Chet, Isaiah Joe, Casey Wallace, Jim Williams, Keontae Johnson, Trey Man, Poku. <laughs> Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Jalen Williams, they're a very, very young roster. So, um, But obviously, Josh Giddy Chet kind of highlight that, and uh, they're both really, really good. Obviously, Chet got hurt last year, so he'll qualify as a rookie this year. Uh, but his ceiling is very high. They took him at number two for a reason. Uh, but, yeah, Thunder's young core, absolutely amazing. Um, and they're a team that people are expecting to maybe be, 
a play-in slash playoff team this year as a young team. So there's a lot of expectation for the Thunder this year based off how SGA broke out last year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I think I think they're building towards something. Um, I, it's it's difficult though because if you have a lot of good players that are all like similar, um, like they finally get Chet this year, which will be different. Be, but they they were very like guard or wing heavy. Yeah, in the past, definitely. And, and so it, it's. It's like, are you going to get some bigs to go along yeah. with, the, with this like, a couple years ago? And so Chet, that's a lot of responsibility for him, though, to be the big man um, and not have some sort of bruiser or, or um, like veteran setter there to help take some of the burden off. So it'll be interesting to see how he holds up uh, having to fight with bigs the entire season. Um, but yeah, I I'd, I'd absolutely love their young core. Uh, Jalen Williams was was a stud last year, and uh, well, I like the other Jalen Williams too. They have two of them. Yeah, um, uh, but he's more of like a role player. But this Jalen Williams um, really showed something. Uh, Giddy uh, is just such a smart player, uh, and uh, he's just like a winning type player. Uh, so I think if this team can stay healthy. Um, I think they could make a lot of noise this year. Yeah, I'm curious to see if they ever like push their chips in and go all in on like a big trade if someone were to become available. I don't know if I mean they obviously have a plethora of assets, so I'm curious mm. to see if that ever happens for the Thunder. But it should be fun to see if they ever do. Yep. Uh, but your number four then, because that was my number four. All right, my number four is the Detroit Pistons. Okay. And. Uh, this is another team that I really struggled with because it is almost solely dependent on Cade. And uh, he's he's had his injury issues, but um, like you see flashes of what he could be playing against the USA team in the practices this summer. And he just dominates and, and looks like unstoppable in the pick and roll and stuff like that. And then his teammate in that... Um, those scrimmages was Jalen Duran and he looked like an absolute beast um, out there as well. So I really like those two a lot. Jalen Duran's actually one of my favorite um, young bigs in the NBA right now. And uh, you add a Sir Thompson to that too, uh, who's looking like uh, a guy who can do everything on the court and just uh, be, be one of those guys that is a perfect fit and, and does all the things you need to win games. Um, so, yeah, man. And then it's not even including some of their other young guys. Uh, let me just make sure I don't forget anyone here. Uh, you got Jaden Ivey, who still has a ton of potential as well. Um, I really like Marcus Sasser, who they got in the draft as a backup guard. Um, and then they have some some old, young bigs still in Marvin Bagley, Bagley and Wiseman. James Wiseman. Yeah. Um, Isaiah Stewart to provide some depth. Um, so yeah, I think their ceiling is still possibly the best young core. Um, I just kind of like we were talking about the Pelicans. Um, it's just hard to put them in my opinion higher just because some of the other cores have already shown, um, a little bit or have a young guy added to that core that I think will be better than anyone on their team. And so that's why I rate them. We're at number four instead of higher. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, my number three was the team you said earlier, and that was the San Antonio Spurs. Victor Webanyama, obviously all the hype around him coming into the league. Uh, they got Vassell, who they just extended. Jeremy Sohan. Um, they got uh, you know Keldon Johnson still is under twenty five. Trey Jones, Branham, uh, Blake Wesley, a very solid young core in San Antonio. Uh, it always felt like the Spurs for me when they went into their rebuild, they never had the guy, right? Like Keldon Johnson was fine. Vassell, you know, kind of break out last year, but now they get to add the guy potentially in Victor Webb and Yama, uh, who is pretty much the best hyped prospect since LeBron James. We all know how hyped he's been. Uh, so there's a lot of spe- expectations for him in his rookie season. So I feel like now that the Spurs got that, they have elevated to me into a top three young core in the league for me. Yeah, I, I'm starting to agree with you. I wish I didn't have him so low. Um, I, it, it's weird because. Wemby had all this hype, and uh, rightfully so. I mean, the guy just is going to be an absolute game changer. But, like, you haven't heard much about him. I mean, I know people are waiting in line for the preseason game, but from summer league to preseason, like, there's been... It's it's like the hype train just took a pause for, for a little bit. So, like, I guess in my mind, like, I just, like... Not that I forgot about him, but yeah. like he just hasn't been at the front of my mind. Like obviously the Blazers core and some of these other young cores have been. So um, yeah, I think that's that's just my mindset. Was man, like uh, Wemby's just I don't know. Like is he is he going to live up to the hype right away, or is it going to take some time? I have a uh, feeling but, he won't, to be honest, because yeah. the ceiling that or the expectations people have on him are honestly probably unfair. Yeah. Because like, it just it's just like it like Wiggins also he was the next LeBron. Like these expectations of these guys coming to the league, it's really hard to live up to that in your rookie season when you're just figuring things out. So. For me, not I feel like Wimbanyama can have an okay season, and there's going to be some people out there calling him a bust. Like that's what it's going to be for him, unfortunately. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I think. That he'll average like 20 points per game on decent efficiency. You know, nine rebounds a game, and <laughs> San Antonio might not, you know, vie for the play-in or anything. They might be one of the worst teams in the West just because the West is so tough. But like. Yeah, and like people are going to be like, oh, this guy's supposed to be the next LeBron James. <laughs> <Yeah>. like, <laughs> it's not like LeBron did that much better his rookie year. So I I have absolutely agree with that. Like, yeah. he's every bad game he has, people are going to be like, Bust. oh, yeah. jumping on him. It's going to be, I mean, I'm sure he won't care as much, I'm assuming, but I know the media is going to be, and the people around, you know, Twitter or whatever are going to, yeah, it's going to be a lot of hate there, I feel like, <laughs> regardless yeah. of what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, did you say did you say your three? Or no, you didn't. My number three is the Pacers. Okay. Uh, someone that you already mentioned had a little lower. Um, but I, much like you love uh, Tyrese Halliburton, and he's already shown that he can be a top-end point guard in this league. I'm also extremely high on Benedict Matherin. I thought uh, he was going to be a star coming out last year. Had a decent rookie year. Uh, kind of tailed off, um, but did get off to a good start last year and uh i think uh once they move on from healed if that happens i think you'll see him in a much more comfortable role as the guy there next to halliburton and uh yeah i do like um jarris walker is another guy that i absolutely love and i think he's a perfect fit next to miles turner um so 
I kind of, this might be kind of cheating uh, because um, I'm about to say something different for another team, but um, I liked how they had a point guard that was really good that I think has star potential, a two slash three that was really good that had a lot of potential that I think could be an all-star someday, and then a four man that could also potentially be a um, a all-star level player in the future as well. So I like that they had a mix of different positions. I think that'll help them moving forward is that they already have, like not only do they have a good core of young players, um, but they also have players that can field a, a complete team. You're not just saying, oh, they're all guards or they're all big men or whatever. Yeah, Pacers rebuild has been amazing to me, as I said earlier. Uh, them trading for you know trading Sabonis for Halliburton was a home run in my opinion. Uh, you know Kings obviously looked decent off of it as well, but getting Halliburton for Sabonis I think was a home run, and he's been absolutely amazing in Indiana. So uh, I could definitely see why you have them that high. Uh, big Halliburton fan. Uh, but my number two is the Detroit Pistons. So right. really like what the Pistons have on draft night. Same draft, they were able to get both Jaden Ivey and Jalen Duran. And I thought that was a home run draft for them. Kate Cunningham, um, you know, as I said, Duran, Ivey, and then they got, uh, you know, Stewart, Sar Thompson, they just drafted at number five. So for me, uh, when I was taking into account, I saw four guys who could potentially, uh, maybe I'm a, maybe a Sar might be a little too high of a projection, but I feel like Cade, Ivy and Duran could maybe all three potentially be all stars one day. Maybe I'm too optimistic. Asar borderline for me uh, because there's just how much you know hype there. I know Amin is per, you know projected to be the better one, but I liked those four guys alone, which is why uh, those four uh, you know you know were able to project them into like uh, you know my second favorite young core in the league. As you said, K does have his injury issues. And uh, so I guess I could have maybe knocked the pace or the Pistons down like I did the Pelicans because of Cade, but um, I don't know, man. I feel like the Pistons' young core is really, really good, and it's just a matter of it all clicking together. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think for me, um, Cade and Ivy both, in my opinion, probably need the ball in their hands if they reach their maximum potential. So it's. It's like if you prop one up into that role, the other one maybe suffers a little bit. So I don't think they could both get there on the same team. I mean, it's possible. I, I could be wrong. But, yeah, for um, sure. I think that's that's my only like nitpick at that is is because Cade obviously um, I think is a primary ball handler if if he's maximized because with that size and that. Um, ability to handle the ball and read defenses off the pick and roll. Um, I just think that's a game changer when, when you talk about players that have like a physical build like that and can, and can navigate um, through uh, defenses and things. I, so I, I put, I put Cade up there a little bit, but I really liked Ivy coming out and I think he had a decent rookie year. I just don't know if he's like, a spot up shooter or whatever. Like yeah, he's not the greatest that. in that role. So um I individually I I think I like a lot of your a lot of what you said and I completely agree that all four of those guys could eventually be all stars. Um and yeah, that I I mean they should take a big jump uh, in a year or two if everyone stays healthy. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was kind of hoping that they would take a jump last year, but Cade got hurt very early on, so that definitely hurt them a little bit. Um, but who is your number two? My number two is the Portland Trailblazers. Oh, man. <laughs> so okay, I haven't so said them yet. <laughs> yeah, I just realized um, that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so for me, <laughs> once again, this is really tough because this is projections. And I just got done saying like I liked how the Pacers had a bunch of guys at different positions. But I think Scoot has the potential to be better than anyone on the Pacers or Pistons. Um, so despite them having more guys, I think, uh, than the Blazers have, um, or more, more well-rounded cores, I just think Scoot's top-end potential, along with Anthony Simons and Shaden Sharp, who I both love, um, I just think they're, if they reach their ceiling, potentially two or three of those guys could be better than a lot of these other players we've been talking about. And so it could be that they never reach that, that potential and, and that looks silly. Um, but I just think that despite them all being guards, uh, they all have what I think should be all-star level play um, very quickly. Um, Anthony, maybe as soon as this year, uh, even though he might, he's not going to make an all-star team because, um, you know, there's so many guards in the West, especially. Uh, but like, I think he could be a fringe all-star level player this season. And Scoot, I don't think is going to be very far behind him in a, in a year or two. And then if you throw Sharp, uh, like what he showed during the last few games of of the season, um, I I just. I know there's not much else other than them. They're really high on on Ryan Repair and and Chris Murray, uh, but those guys to me are more you know role players. Um, could be high end role players, but uh, yeah, not really star type players. And that's fine. You don't need all all your guys to be stars. Uh, but I think just the fact that there's three of them and they all have the ability. I, they would not surprise me at all. If you tell me five years from now, both Sharp and Anthony Simons are like 25 to 27 point per game scorers. And Scoot is like a 20 and 10 guy with assists and and just uh, setting those guys up. And so, um, yeah, it's probably a little homerism and a little <laughs> biased, but uh, I just I think Scoot is that good. And uh, I think... Um, Man, Charlotte's gonna look back at that draft and just—it's hopefully it's gonna be our reverse Jordan draft. For yeah, that would be awesome, man, <laughs> yeah. if that worked out for us that way. Uh yeah, I mean, Scoot, Sharp, Simons—I'm really hoping that all three can work it together here because although the you know the grand prize right now is Simons and or sorry, Scoot and Sharp and Simons is like some you know some people just want to trade Simons and keep Brogdon or whatever it is. Like, there's people out there that actually think that and. That, so, you know, there's some people that, as I said last week, that think Simons is the worst contract in the league, and I can't wait till he can go out there and prove people wrong because he definitely isn't. I hope that all three can work it here. I really do. I want to be able to keep all three of them. Is that possible? Do we have to trade one of them to unlock the other? I'm not sure. But I do love all three of their ceilings, even if they're not all three here. I, I think I think Scoot's obviously the safest one here, but like Sharp, Simons, there might be conversations down the line. 
But I'm hoping there's no conversations and all three of them can work because uh, that would be amazing because I think all three of them are really, really good and their ceilings are very, very high. Uh, but yeah, I like them. at I, I don't hate them at two at all for sure. Um, but you ready for my number one? Yeah, let's do it. It's a team that didn't even make your list. It's the Houston Rockets. Oh, wow. I have the Rockets at number one. I really love their okay. young core. Uh, man, Jalen Green, Jabari, Amon Thompson, Tari Eason, Kevin Moore, Shingoon. And then the last guy with dot, 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 question marks who will probably be gone off the team soon. I won't even mention his name. Um, but Jalen Jalen Green, Jabari, I feel like, uh, you know, ceilings are very high. And hopefully with Ime Udoka coming in there, that a lot of things can change about the culture. The one thing I do hate, and I'll say it, I you know, as much as I like Fred Vliet since he's from, uh, you know, where I'm at, uh, he I don't think he makes sense in Houston. I never liked it, especially when they drafted Amon Thompson. I know he got a bag there. But I feel like he's going to take minutes away. Dylan Brooks also. It's kind of funky in my opinion. Uh, so that's the only thing I do hate about what the Rocks are doing right now. Because I feel like if they were able to play all these young guys together. Maybe you sign like one vet, right? Like go get one vet. But like you don't need to sign like Jeff Green. And you know they gave a decent bag to Jeff Green who might play a little bit. Uh, they got Cameron Whitmore pick number 20. We'll obviously see what he turns out. But uh, for me, Jalen Green, Jabari, and Amon Thompson. Uh, I remember you know Tory was saying... Brandon Miller, Amon Thompson, and at first I was like completely disagreeing with everything he said about Amon Thompson, but the more I watched him, the more I was like, okay, I see it. Like, I see it. Amon Thompson could be really good, and uh, I'm bought into Amon Thompson for sure. Um, so that that alone, Amon Thompson adding, added to this young core, I really, really love it. And Easton, of course, like, this is my favorite young core in the league. Shingoon, didn't even mention him. Favorite young core in the league by far. Um, maybe not by far. That might be over-exaggerating. But uh, it's a really, really good young core. I just question how much they'll be able to develop with some of the vets they've brought in. Yeah. I uh, I mean, I already mentioned this, but I just don't think they have the guy who can lead them all. You know? And that's I, that's uh, why yeah, I think that's they brought true. in Van Vliet, you know? And that's why they're reaching for that. But I also don't agree that you – I don't know why they pay the – paid him and Dylan Brooks so much money for so many years. It's like, if you want to bring in a vet, you can bring in cheap, you know, vets. Uh, or even do like what Detroit did and trade for Bojan or Bogdan. Yeah. Or Bojan, yeah, yeah, Bojan, like on a small, yeah. you know, little contract for a few years. But And Detroit's know. had Corey Joseph for the past yeah, few years. Yeah, like a vet point guard who didn't cost a lot. But, um, yeah, so uh, – it almost feels like they're trying to speed up the. It it does it, it too much. Um, I am a huge Jabari Smith guy. I I think he's. Um, I I thought he should have potentially gone number one in that draft. He was my favorite player that year. Um, just anyone who can shoot like that from that size, but then he gets into the league and doesn't shoot like that, so yeah. that becomes a problem. Um, but he's starting to. He had a really good second half or last couple months of this season and uh, showed a few things in summer league before he got shut down. Uh, so, yeah, I think he could break out. I just – I don't know if they have – an immense. Uh, he's going to be special, man. He can do so many things. He's so athletic. Um, he should be like an elite defender. Um, but like you said, a guy like Tari Eason who uh, – made one of the all rookie teams last year and who I really like is like a defender slash hustle guy. Um, and just continues to get, um, for some reason, uh, no, no, no teams want to just hand him the role. Like he even came off the bench a lot, um, in college 
And, uh, yeah, so you bring in Dylan Brooks, it's like, well, why don't you just play Tari Easton? You know? Yeah, and exactly. So, uh, so they have a lot of guys like that. I'm, I think the difference for me why I didn't include them is I'm, I think Jalen Green is really good, but I don't think he's anywhere close to, like, Anthony Edwards good. And so it's hard for me to... Like, the way I think about Anthony Edwards and how he's going to be a star, I don't feel that way about Jalen Green. Like, I think his, it's like fringe all-star. Like, Anthony Simons we talked about. Um, you know, I think, he's, I think he's more in that group than he is, um, like, Halliburton or um, Anthony Edwards type level. Which is, I mean, obviously, probably not fair to him, but... Um, that's, that's just my reasoning why I didn't have Houston in my top 10. It's just, they have a ton of guys that I like, um, that are all really good players. Cam Whitmore could end up being the best player in the draft, um, even though he fell the 20th. Uh, but like, uh, well, maybe not the best cause you got, Wimby I said we scoot, got, but, we got scoot and Wimby. Yeah. So <laughs> that, but, I was like, say. but like, he looked really freaking good in summer yeah. league and, uh, that he's going to make a lot of teams, uh, Seems and he should have a huge chip on his shoulder falling right. as far as he did. And then uh, back to what you were saying about um, one guy, you know, maybe they don't have the vet, you know the leader. If I was and I agree with that. If I was to bank on one guy, I feel like it could be Amon Thompson. Maybe he seems like yeah. seems like really mature. Um, Jalen Green sometimes feels immature to me, but maybe that changes down the line. Getting the guy you don't want to mention out of there might help Jalen Green a lot too. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, that that's true. Um, and then another thing. I don't know how much stock we put into it, but there was that dropping dimes account that said the Rockets were going to get Brogdon. So if that's true, uh, like I, I don't <laughs> like that either. That's another no. problem. Like, uh, I mean, that's I just, mean, it feels weird as a, as a blazer fan. If they want to trade us some good picks and I agree. Uh, a young guy, for yeah. <laughs> Brogdon, I mean, cause you're making a playoff push or whatever. Uh, Go for I'll it. Yeah. We'll yeah. accept it for sure. Oh, yeah. I agree, but I would hate it for them. I don't think Brogdon elevates yeah. them at all, but you know, mm-hmm. that's the way they want to run their team. It feels like so, but what's your number one? What's your, well, number real one? quick, if Thompson can be a point guard, like a true point guard, I think that's the one thing that's hurt their young guys development is they don't really have someone that, um, runs the offense and sets the table now that's why they brought in van vliet but if we're just talking about young cores he does obviously doesn't factor into that so van vliet could help them in that regard but it doesn't help their young core be yeah. better than other ones in my opinion yeah uh, but anyways my number one top young core in the league is the orlando magic okay um i love paulo bencaro i just think uh having a guy who can create his own shot and pass the ball at that size um, is a is an element to to a game that you can build around and uh, that teams almost every team that has a player in a similar build ends up being really good um, as long as they're healthy and then you add a guy like Franz Wagner who I'm also really high on I think they'll they'll mesh really well together in the future. Um, I, I really like Jalen Suggs coming into the draft. Um, he, he obviously hasn't had the greatest first two years, showed a little bit more in his second year than he did his first year, but, um, he definitely needs to take a step. I'm not the biggest Anthony Black fan, but he is potentially an elite defender, can handle the ball 
Um, if he ever learns how to shoot a little better, um, he could he could absolutely be one of those guys who um, elevates a team too as a, a big a bigger guard who can handle the ball. So they have all these players, um, and then Wendell Carter Jr. I think put it over the top for me because he is a really solid center and uh, and still. I, I, I was actually surprised he was still under 25. Me too. I kind of was. It feels too. like he had, he had been in the league for a while. Um, and then I I had Jet Howard 11th on my draft board, which is where they took him. A lot of people thought that was too high. But I think this guy, um, I think he was a little too flashy maybe in college. And, um, you know, when, you ha- when you're a good player, you know, defenses can key on you and stuff. And I think uh, he kind of struggled with that a little bit. But playing off Bancaro and Franz Wagner, I think he's going to get um, open looks that he's not he hasn't had in his entire life. And so I think he's going to be a really good pickup for them as well. And so you have basically um, what I consider a five-star chip, and, and that's uh, Paul Bancaro. And then you have... Um, Definitely, I think, a four-star guy in Franz. And then a potential four-star in Anthony Black. I just think... And then you have all these other guys. Um, you know, Caleb Houston's a shooter off the bench. You got... Um, you mentioned all of them earlier. Uh, Cole Anthony, you mentioned. But, um, I mean, he's he's had his moments in the NBA. He can yeah, score the ball. For sure. And I think some of the pressure will be off him this year as well. Um, he can he can maybe be a shooter instead of uh, having to run the offense. Um, so yeah, and then they I don't know if he's gonna make the team, but slam dunk champion Mac McClung is technically oh, yeah. on the roster right now. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, no. Uh, but no, uh, all kidding aside, um, I just think uh, this team they were one of the they had one of the best records um, from. I forgot what the dates were, but like after their slow start, they actually were a really good team, and then they kind of tanked at the end. Um, luckily, the Blazers out tanked them yeah. because we wouldn't have moved up if we didn't. Um, but I just think uh, they have—they're the one team that I can say has both the quantity and the quality, and so that's why I have them uh, much higher than you did. Yeah, um, everything you said, agree with. Um, I wanted to ask you if uh, you may have said this before, and I just don't remember. But uh, if you were the Magic on draft night, do you think they made the right decision by taking Paul over Jabari? Uh, yes. Okay. I do. Uh, I wasn't sure at the time, um, but as as it became uh, clear. Um, that Jabari's not really a playmaker. And I, I kept thinking about this, like, you know, you have your Jokic's and your Luka Doncic's and, and stuff, and LeBron James. Like, those guys all, like, are big for their positions and can pass the ball and and make things happen. And it's, it's um, I hate to keep using this word, but it's a, it's a game changer when you have a player at a non-point guard position that's big and can do the things that Paul Mancaro can do. So as I thought about it more, I had a video before last year um, just talking about how I think 
Bancaro is going to to elevate that team and eventually be one of those guys we talk about in that same category. And uh, so, yeah, I think ultimately the Magic definitely made the right decision because I was a little worried about him, like his shot coming around. And but he, I mean, his his turnaround jumpers looked really nice this summer. Um, it looked pretty good last year. His ability to score the ball was evident right away playing. And just, uh, I, I just think that's a guy um, you build a, you build an entire roster around and you feel good about doing it. Whereas Jabari is more of a plug and play into a good roster already, in my opinion. Absolutely. Um, is there anything that surprised you with my list? Anything at all? Um... I was actually surprised you had the Blazers at six. I thought right. you were gonna. Have, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go more homerism. Yeah. But. <laughs> uh, the one that surprised me for you was the Rockets not even being on your list. I was shocked by yeah. that, <laughs> but I understand with all your reasonings. Who, but who are you gonna take off? Uh, what do you mean? I I don't know who who. Should oh, I I, who should you have taken off? Yeah. Uh, that's all of them. Says they were number one for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. I don't know. No, I actually like. I liked. I didn't mind your list. Like, I don't know if there was anybody I would have taken off. Uh, I mean, the only thing I guess I could say was maybe the Cavs because they don't have enough young guys. But yeah, I mean, Garland and Mobley, or Mobley are just so good. So I don't totally disagree with it. What you know, what your reasoning is at all. So I don't hate yeah, it. Yeah, I guess the Cavs don't really have many of their picks in the future either. So that might be hard for them to add to that young core. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of stuck with just those two. So yeah, I could definitely see that. I, I I was probably a little unfair to the Rockets, but um, <laughs> I I do think uh, it, it's so weird because I I had Jabari Smith like basically number one on my board almost that entire season, uh, but looking at it now, I think um, they need they need a man to be that star, and I think it can be. Um, I it's actually if Scoot went. Uh, I know, I know, we had these heated debates yeah. uh, on it, but um, I was always thinking of Brandon Miller, kind of like what I was saying about Jabari, as like next a plug to and Dame. play guy. Yeah, like, yeah, next to Dame like a sense. shooter, shooter, you know, with some size at the forward position. If we were going into full rebuild mode and we were for sure trading Dame, um, I would have hundred percent wanted a men. I agree. Uh, I I didn't agree with it at first when Tori was saying it, but mm-hmm. I came around on it. And yeah, Amon. If Scoot did go at two, I would have loved taking Amon over Brandon Miller. Uh, I think that would have been the right. I mean, Brandon Miller falls to Houston. People might have been shocked by that, but um, yeah, Amon Thompson. I'm a big fan now. So and we should note that. We recorded this before the Blazers played their first preseason yep. game, so we do, we do not know what happens yet, or if Scoop plays well or was awful <laughs> playing later tonight. Yeah, that uh, could so. you know change my list if he goes out there and drops forty. Maybe they're number the number one young core, you know. But um, yeah, no, this is before the preseason game. So, um, but you have anything else to add before we sign off here? Uh, so next week. Uh, we would, uh, I think we're going to do uh, season predictions, right? Yeah. St- both standings and maybe awards too. And then, um, yeah, so I want to hear what you guys out there watching, 
where where would you rank the Houston Rockets specifically? <laughs> do you agree with me that they're kind of a fringe top ten team, or do you agree with uh, Brady there that they are they're the best young core in the league, or somewhere in between? And then where do you have our Portland Trailblazers as well in terms of that? I really want to see your guys' answers to those questions. Yeah, man. Comment down below. Drop a like. Subscribe if you're new around here. Tori's building something special over here. So make sure you join the train if you're new around here. But uh, I think that's going to do it for us. We will see you next week for episode three. This has uh, been Hoops Crush, and we're saying peace.